You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome one, welcome all. It is Monday, Football Monday, the greatest show ever, the best show on the SB Nation NFL show. He is Pete Tweeney. I am Argio Ochoa. We are Monday, Football Monday once again. Please subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show. Leave a rating, ride, review. Those things will make Pete Tweeney head to your house and personally high-five you, hug you, fist bump, whatever he's in the mood for. Pete Tweeney, how is your Monday going, sir? Julio, Julio, who? Lee, oh! At long last, we have an answer. Today's Monday Football Monday is about one big NFL storyline getting a resolution and another seemingly picking up steam. We're going to talk mm-hmm. Julio Jones. We're going to talk to Buck Rising from 104.5 The Zone all about Julio Jones. We're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers and the latest bit of drama with the Green Bay Packers. But before we get to Aaron Rodgers, Pete, we have to give the Titans their left. Give me the chant one more time. Come on. Let's go. Julio. 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 On Sunday morning, I texted Pete Sweeney six times and didn't get a single answer. No big deal. My feelings weren't hurt or anything. Just yeah, wanted just that busy, out there yeah. for the record. Stuff going on. Uh, mm-hmm. Because the trade happened. The Atlanta Falcons moved, uh, not to totally spoil the Buck Rising interview, Pete, but what Buck said was perhaps the greatest player in Atlanta Falcons History? That is an interesting point. Maybe we have Gina Thomas on, Gina Kelly on, yeah. um, to discuss this idea later on when she's not mourning the Julio Jones trade. But mm-hmm. uh, in totality, the Atlanta Falcons receive Pete Sweeney, the Titans' second-round draft pick in 2022. That's next year. The Titans' fourth-round draft pick in 2023. That's two years from now. Might as well be 10. The uh, Tennessee Titans, they receive Julio Jones. Big shocker there. And they receive Atlanta's sixth-round pick in 2000. In 23. Pedro, your thoughts? Complete game changer. As I said uh, last week, I think the Titans needed this type of move. As you look at the AFC and what I think is a, a conference of rising offenses, because, you know, you of course have the Kansas City Chiefs, but also the Buffalo Bills are in that mix. You have the Cleveland Browns are on the up and coming. You have a division rival or a conference rival in the Baltimore Ravens that you need to stick with. And then all of a sudden you have an offense that was largely featuring AJ Brown. You lose Corey Davis. So there is a little bit of a worry there because he had a big year for you last year. And now you have one of the better running backs in the league and two of the league's top wide receivers. You can make a case for two of the top 10 wide receivers if not the top five wide receivers. If Julio Jones stays healthy, it's a high powered offense. That's going to be able to stick with some of the other high-powered offenses in the AFC, and I think it's just a complete game-changer for the Tennessee Titans. I know the complaints about the defense, but this is an offensive league, and now they can stick with anybody. Let's let's peel back the game-changer term here. Like, how how much is the game changed? Because you're saying it's, it's changed, obviously, literally. I mean, there's no question that Julio Jones is an upgrade over Corey Davis, you know, in, in 
you know, in general senses. But right. I mean, like, this, this, so I think Sunday morning, before you didn't answer any of my text messages, again, not yeah. there at all, we would have both confidently put Kansas City, Buffalo ahead of Tennessee. Certainly a debate for Baltimore, especially considering they waxed them in the playoffs. Uh, within the AFC, I think a lot of people would put Cleveland ahead of them. I think a lot of people would put the Los Angeles Chargers ahead of them. Um, that is a little bit more debatable, obviously, just because the Titans have had some sustained success over the last two years. I mean, did this move like did they did they make a dent in that? I guess is my point. I think it just brings them into the conversation for threatening in the conference. I I, I think they go from what was this team that maybe was going to miss the playoffs after it seemed like, okay, they're starting to trend down a little bit to one that is going to certainly threaten to win their division. And maybe that says more about the division than really the team itself, because it is the Colts, the Texans and the Jaguars. That thing is wide open because of the quarterbacks that are in it. You can make a case that Ryan Tannehill is the surest thing in that division. But now I think it brings them into the conversation and say, okay, so they should win the division, right? So now you're talking about the conference playoffs. Are they on the level of the Bills? Are they on the level of the Ravens, the Browns, and even the Chiefs? Defensively, yeah, I think there's room to be desired. I think everybody knows that. But now you can make a, a case that certainly offensively, they can rival any team in the conference. And when you have teams like the Chiefs and the Bills and that offensive firepower, that's tough to say. When you're facing Lamar Jackson, that's tough to say. And now they, I think, are right there. They needed that extra piece. When you're bringing in Josh Reynolds on what was a, a minor contract that wasn't even going to affect what would be your compensatory draft picks and he's your new number two to replace a thousand yards or nearly a thousand yards and what Corey Davis offered this team and you bring in a multiple time all pro who clearly from that undisputed interview is going to come in with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder to remind people just how good he is now you're bringing attention. I saw it in Kansas City with, with Tyree Kill and when Sammy Watkins was healthy. Granted, that Watkins wasn't always healthy. But just the attention that these guys draw, the one-on-ones that you get because of it. I'm going to be really interested in seeing how teams defend the Titans because, okay, so now you're, you, okay, you're, you're putting more defensive backs in the field. Hand the ball off to Derrick Henry, and he's suddenly storming through the the defenses. So, yes, I, I know that you have to wonder about, okay, can this Titans defense improve to the point where you feel good about calling them a contender? But I think sometimes even it feels opposite to say, but sometimes the best defense is a really good offense because if this team is scoring at will, you could allow 21 to 24 points. If they're going to put up 35 points, not going to be able to beat the Tennessee Titans. So really impressed with the move. And that's why I keep going back to the game changer. Now, Julio has to stay healthy, but if he can, man, this is suddenly a team you got to look out for. I mean, I know this is really hypothetical, but if we, if we rewound a year and a half and went back to the 2019 AFC championship game and the same general version of the Titans, but with Julio Jones is playing against the Kansas city chiefs, What's the what's the likelihood that that result is any different? I know you're like, oh, it's Patrick Mahomes, it's the Chiefs, it's 100 percent that it's not any different. But that's that's the point, right? Like that's the hill to get over here if you're the Titans. That's the reason you make these types of moves. I mean, right. is is well, it possible like, that it's different? Yeah, I, I I don't I don't know if Kansas City is losing that game at home. But like I would say about the Super Bowl this past year, right, and covering the Chiefs, I think if they had 
a starting offensive line, the Bucks were still probably better on that night at their home stadium. But I don't think it's 31 to 9. So you look at that AFC title game two years ago, it's 35 to 24. And that score is probably closer than even the game was. If you really go back to the game, Kansas City at one point is is winning 35-17 and there was a touchdown at the end. So more of a blowout. And you, you would think, okay, Julio Jones injected into the lineup, especially because of all the reasons I just mentioned, not only because of the player himself, but what he'll mean to the other players. He's worth at least a touchdown. So now you're looking at, okay, 35-31. This is this game of inches that we always like to say. Can something bounce your way in a different style of game? I think it might make a difference. I, I do think the Chiefs still win, but I think it's much closer than the game ever became. That's fair. And I think ultimately this is a really positive move for the Titans, except for the fact that uh, beyond the compensation we discussed, Pete, the Titans also took on Julio Jones's $15.3 million salary for 2021, obviously for the course of the rest of his contract, uh, which, by the way, runs through the 2023 season. Although I mentioned this on the daily today, he has no guaranteed money in the final year of the contract. Not exactly an uncommon thing. Um does that kind of establish the window for the Titans? Is is it is it the next one well, to that, two years? That's that's changed the game. I, I mean, you make this move right because you think it's going to get you over the hump. That's a lot of money to take on for the year. I believe after this year, the, the cap hit go, goes to eleven million. There's like a potential out in that mix. But if Julio Jones stays healthy, I mean, he may end up wanting a new contract. That's something that Sports Illustrated's Albert Breer pointed out in, in his article today on the Monday morning quarterback, which was, I think, the best article on this so far. So I really want to dig into the details of this Titans trade. That's the article to read as far as the situation goes. But the reason that he became available was because of that salary cap number. The Falcons just simply could not afford that price point any longer. They doubled down on Matt Ryan by taking Kyle Pitts. They feel like they have another weapon there, so they don't necessarily need it. Calvin Ridley looked like a true number one wide receiver. So this was the best answer for them. They get some draft compensation out of it. Now, Tennessee takes on that number, and yeah, I, I think it suddenly turns them into, okay, we're trying to get to the playoffs and, and be a consistent playoff maker, whereas now I think the goal is a little bit higher. You would like, I think, to see that team on co- conference title weekend. And look, you get to the conference title, you never know what can happen. I, I think you get to a certain point in the playoffs, and I've always said this and felt this about the league. If you can get to the final four, you never know. You just never know, but it seems like you got to be good enough to put yourself into the final four. And I think that has to be the goal in Tennessee is we only we not only have to win our division, which they should certainly now, but also win a couple playoff games, at least get to the final four of this league. Pete, we are blog boys um, in in nature, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, would you would you fly the blog boy flag? Blog boys for life. Right. Uh, So in that spirit, uh, a standard sort of practice in the blogging world when something like this happens is winners and losers. Mm. Um, And I want to start with the losers because we've talked about the Tennessee angle to this so far in totality. I don't know that I think the Atlanta Falcons lost. I think they did, but like I don't think it's a heavy loss. And I think part of it is just like perspective. I mean, if you're the Falcons, like you're somewhat well adjusted to this way of life, unfortunately. Uh, Matt Ryan, though. Man, big time bummer for Matt Ryan. He had a really emotional post on Instagram uh, talking about the last decade of memories with Julio Jones. Yeah, and he said that like Jones was the most important player to his career. So losing that guy has to really affect your mentality a little bit. Yeah, so I mean, I feel bad for Matt Ryan. I feel bad for the Falcons. I feel bad for Falcons fans. Like This is just a bummer. And so in that sense, who else is a loser in your mind? 
the Falcons as a whole, because this is one of these players where, and it's, it's hard to happen, especially in today's NFL, you would never want to see him in a different uniform. Julio Jones is going to be that player on week one when you see a highlight in a tight NFC Titans mm. uniform. And he's winning the come up of the right. week on Monday, football Monday. Yeah. I I think like to me, Falcons fans, that's gonna hurt inside. Like I, I know there was a, a case at the end of his career where Derek Johnson, Chiefs all time tackler, was in a Raiders uniform. Not the same because it isn't necessarily a division rival, it is to another conference, but just the sheer just having to see your favorite player, a lot of people's favorite player in Atlanta in different colors is gonna hurt. And I, I feel for Atlanta fans in that sense. And then what about I also yeah, think, like Tony Gonzalez? Speaking of Atlanta, that had to hurt Chiefs fans a lot. As a different example, yeah, that was not that was not the nicest ending. And then years later, Tony Gonzalez saying that his best time of his career was with the Falcons. I couldn't believe he did that. Anyway, back to uh, the matter at hand. We always get we always get into the Chiefs and Cowboys, and we need to stop. Okay, so I also think that this hurts Josh Reynolds in a, in a certain point because Josh Reynolds was looking for a team where he could really bet on himself. And I, I had mentioned that he had taken the minimum contract with the idea as, okay, I'm going to be able to get those uh, Corey Davis numbers. Corey Davis went to the, the New York Jets, and Reynolds is now suddenly the number two wide receiver with nobody else on the team with A.J. Brown. Wow, he has a real chance to get between, you know, you would think 800 and 1,200 yards. Maybe he wouldn't do that in other situations. Now, you're talking about Derrick Henry and what he's going to be able to do with some of these lighter boxes. You're talking about Julio Jones and A.J. Brown in some combination. Again, if Jones is healthy, we need to keep saying that. In some combination, will lead the team in targets one and two. It's like how many yards are truly left over for Josh Reynolds to try to make this money? And I don't think it's a lot. I think you're probably looking at a ceiling of like 600 yards for Josh Reynolds. So coming over from the L.A. Rams, I feel for him in this. I think he's a big loser. That's fair. Um, Pete, you are our, um, at least on Monday Football Monday, our resident fantasy guy. Um, you know, you've, right. you've got a lot of fantasies, yes. you've got a lot of shares and things. Nobody cares about my fantasy team, but for the purposes of, of at least, you know, a topical conversation, yeah. I, I have Julio Jones in a dynasty league. How should I be mm-hmm. feeling? Like, like if for the, for all the people involved here, uh, that have yeah. share that have shares in Julio Jones, have shares in AJ Brown, have shares in Josh Reynolds, have shares right. in Derrick Henry, who should be pumped, who should be pissed. Yeah, I, I consider myself certainly an amateur fantasy expert, and I think that this is good for Julio, and I also think it's good for A.J. Brown. Going back to that, that's where I think Reynolds hurts. So if you were a guy that happened to have Reynolds on your team and you're loving the situation because now suddenly he's going to be a consistent contributor where he, 100 yards is possible every week, I think that is completely out the window now with Reynolds. So plus for Julio, plus for A.J. Brown, minus for Josh Reynolds. Okay, back to football as a whole, though. Who are other winners here? Uh, yeah, we, we talked losers. Julio Obviously, Jones. Yeah, right. Julio Jones is 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 a huge winner in this himself. That that's probably pretty obvious. But this was a team where you could tell that they needed receiving help. Ryan Tannehill, actually, and it's been underrated, probably to a point where we talked about it so much being underrated. But I don't care. We can say it again. It's underrated how good he has been in recent years. Not that Matt Ryan hasn't, but I think this is the type of quarterback that can get it done since he was able to get away from Adam Gase. He's been pretty, pretty good. I think for Mike Vrabel, and this is something that I want to ask Buck about, is the idea of Vrabel and what it means for John Robinson. I think there had been this underlying theme that you were starting to hear out of Tennessee a little bit of how many years of, of leash does Vrabel have left? Because it had been a disappointing stretch, but you know, you make the AFC title game, you lose in the wild card round, the defense stunk last year. 
what does it mean for Vrabel as far as the hot seat? I don't think he was on the hot seat last year, meaning like say the Titans fell off the map and didn't make the playoffs. I didn't expect Vrabel to be fired, but I think with the like downward trend, he probably had like a two year window. And so I think this gives them, as I said, a weapon where it changes the game as far as them being an AFC contender. And I think that certainly helps Rabel. It, it helps the GM and John Robinson, but we will ask Buck about that as well. Well, speaking of Buck, uh, Buck Rising from 104.5 The Zone is about to join us on Monday, Football Monday. He covers the Titans for A to Z Sports. He has a whole lot going on. Uh, so we won't hold you back from it any longer. We're going to take a very quick break. And when we're back, Buck Rising will join us. Do not go anywhere. If you do, Pete will be sad. We'll be back after a very quick break to your word from our sponsors. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome aboard. It is Monday Football Monday, of course. Our Joe Cho, Pete Sweeney, but we are joined by a very special guest. You know him from 104.5 The Zone, basically from everywhere on the internet. If the internet is active, this man is streaming somewhere. He is talking somewhere. He is filling your life with the content you need. It is the one, the only, where I does not come before E. Buck Rising. Buck, thanks for joining Monday Football Monday. Now, there's no way you rattled that off that smoothly without practicing it before. But I listen, I appreciate the intro. It's an honor to be here. Uh, I'm excited, as everybody is excited in the football world today. It's going to be a lot of fun talking about Julio Jones. Totally. Uh, I'm offended that you think that I'm not good enough to rattle that off. You know, every morning we know, RJ, you look in the mirror and you say you have the confidence to do this today. And then you start to recite some of the things you're going to have to say on the show. And, and look, it came out really well. So we're proud of you for that. Totally. That's the, that's the Nashville way, right? Like to be prepared, <laughs> to be ready. Uh, Nashville, uh, Buck, I know you know this better than anybody, is a, a perennially underrated sports city. Um, and maybe they are starting to get the respect that they deserve nationally. Perhaps maybe they're on the come up. Uh, Pete likes to award the come up of the week here on the show. So maybe uh, Nashville is uh, is in contention for that. But Julio Jones. now yeah, remember, this is as big a come up as you get. So we, we yeah. will go ahead and award it right now. So, that, that's fine with me. Julio Jones, now a member of the Tennessee Titans. Buck, your initial thoughts. It's been about a day since the news broke. Um, how, how are you living? How is Nashville? How is the city? Everything on fire or what? Well, you know, I mean, we don't need a reason to be out drunk and naked in the streets down here, but certainly people are, are taking advantage of it. I mean, the compensation side of things, it looks really, really strong from the Titans' perspective. If Falcons fans are looking for a win anywhere, it's that you've got the Tennessee Titans to take that entire contract off their books, but that's about the only dub that they're taking today because they just lost probably the best player in the history of that franchise. 
I mean, it, for me, I, I struggle a little bit because this was something that was absolutely essential. It wasn't just a, a little bit of a football fan's wet dream, the idea that they might be able to get this dude and pair him with A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry, but this they needed to replace Corey Davis and Jonu Smith. I'm one of these people who doesn't necessarily think this changes the balance of power in the AFC that much. I think this is more for the Titans to be able to try and sustain what they accomplished last year while also trying to improve on defense, which was vastly the more deficient side of the football for this uh, for this team. It's fantastic. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I don't know how many wins it's actually going to end up mattering. And frankly, I think if you're believing in the Titans right now, not as much believing in, in them just because they got Julio Jones, but you're believing in Ryan Tannehill to be able to orchestrate this thing and do a little more heavy lifting than he's had to over the course of the past couple of years. Yeah, thank you for joining us here. I, I'm curious about your thoughts on what it means for the receiving core as a whole. We know that A.J. Brown had been really vocal in wanting the Titans to pursue Julio Jones. We know that they brought Josh Reynolds on board. Derrick Henry is obviously one of the, the better backs in the league. But when it comes to the receiving core, do you think now this will really propel and make A.J. Brown even a greater asset considering the attention that Julio Jones is going to draw? I mean, it certainly worked well for Calvin Ridley. Now, uh, the more that I watch the Falcons on film over the past you know, 24 hours at this point, trying to yeah. kind of understand what the best utilization of him is and, and really how good he still is. And turns out Julio Jones, when he's healthy, he's still a top five receiver, pretty <laughs> damn good at this point in his career. But, it, you know, the, touch, the touchdown production is something that box score scouts will tell you is, is something that Julio Jones lacks. And anybody who is paying attention to how the Falcons have worked their offense around this dude understands just how much Calvin Ridley and the other skill position players in Atlanta over the last couple of years have benefited from the attention that he draws. It's going to be a problem for defensive coordinators because, you know, the, the Titans faced more eight-man boxes than any team in the sport last year because of Derrick Henry. You can't do that anymore with right. A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. Tight end is is still a deficiency on this offense. Losing Jonu Smith is going to hurt, and Anthony Ferkser is a fine player if you're talking about slot receivers. But other than that, we're not sure exactly how he's going to fit in this offense. I think that A.J. Brown has been spectacular through two years here in Tennessee, and that's just working off of Corey Davis. Um, he's, mm. he's, going to, he's, he's an up-and-coming superstar at this point. I think if you talk about yards per route run, it was A.J. at the top, and Julio was right there at four, understanding he only played nine games last year. This is going to, this is going to benefit everybody, but no more – uh, nobody more than A.J. Brown. Yeah, uh, Michael Kist, obviously, uh, who ditched us on Monday Football Monday, has uh, allegedly ditched you a number of times, Buck, but, you know, we don't have to get into hey, all you that. Know what? I like Pete. <laughs> I don't know why we're we're mourning uh, Kist. I like Pete. Well, this is what I'm talking about. Well, That's the but, kind of comment we were looking for. All, all I'm saying or, or needing to say here is Kist has come to bat for A.J. Brown a number of times on Monday Football Monday, talked about, for lack of a better way to put it, the impractical catches that he makes week in and week out. Uh, how unlikely he is to make these. He's just a physical freak. He is truly the go up and get it type guy. Uh, so to have to have him be the alpha in that sense in an offense that also features Julio Jones is certainly impressive. But I'm curious, Buck, because you sound slower to to at least get ridiculously hyped about the Julio trade. And I think, you know, sometimes this happens in the NFL where 
um, or, or all sports for that matter. But there, it, it seems like there wasn't a huge market for Julio. It seems like there weren't a lot of teams willing to take on that entire salary. Any concern here that the Titans may, I don't want to say be desperate, but but may may just be trying to to rekindle something, be, try, be trying to hold on, uh, and in the name of that, maybe sacrifice something greater? I don't know about sacrificing something greater because they would have sucked out loud if they didn't do this on offense. You know what I'm saying? Like this was this was critical. But you're absolutely right. There, are, I don't got to tell you guys. You cover the entire league. There are so many talented young wide receivers in the National Football League right now that the market really wasn't what people might have expected during, I guess, the pre-draft process when everybody was starting to catch wind that he might be available. Um, I, I think there are some teams that will probably kick themselves. Hell, two in, in this division in the AFC South. I think Jacksonville was stupid not to make a run at him. I think Indianapolis the same, given that they had all the money in the world to spend, understanding that they are saving it for three reasons in particular, three players on that team that are going to need big contracts coming up here soon. Um, but for for the Titans, it was, you know, it worked to their benefit. I don't think that a a low second round pick if you're going to kind of project that the Titans are going to be picking in the same slot or thereabouts, the same area code as they have the last four years, late 20s, um, or late, just really, I mean, mid mid to early 20s, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're basically giving up what amounts to a third round pick, a future fourth is going to go along with that. And yes, you are taking on the salary, but I mean, we are dealing in a COVID salary cap stricken year where the finances are tough. Next year, there's going to be an unprecedented raise in the salary cap based on what we understand the television deals are going to do. They are spending a ton of money on offense right now. Derrick Henry, is, his cap hit is going to go up. Ryan Tannehill is going to go up to almost $34 million next year. Taylor Lewan, Roger Saffold. It is, it is a short-term win-now philosophy, but I honestly would prefer them do that than sit back on their hands and try and uh, – push a window or continue to sustain a lesser uh, a lesser quality of football than I think they're capable of achieving right now. And that's because they have a franchise quarterback, a superstar running back, and now a wide receiver one and one A. Yeah, real quick point on that draft pick thing. And I, I think that sometimes is the disconnect between fans and reporters and maybe inside the league circles. I really thought that at some point, even though Julio Jones is, is 32 and comes with that $15 million cap hit, I thought someone might swoop in and pay a first rounder. It just simply didn't happen why the Titans were able to get him. And coming back to the move, you've had now had two years where the Titans really saw some success in 2019 getting to the AFC title game against the Chiefs, a little bit less success last year, losing in the wild card round to the Baltimore Ravens. How much or how important, maybe I should say, is this move and the fact that it needs to work out for both GM John Robinson and then the head coach Mike Vrabel, who you know probably needs to at least win a playoff game, you would think, next year? Certainly. But, you know, just to make it hyper local, which I know this isn't a local podcast, yeah. but they, no. they're putting much more pressure on the new coordinators. And I put new mm. in, in quotations because Shane Bowen was – technically responsible for overseeing that disaster of a defense last year and somehow managed to get a promotion out of it from outside linebackers, coach, and play caller. Now the full-time gig. Todd Downing is looking to replace Arthur Smith. We talked to Todd, Todd for the first time since he got the job last week. He's saying he's gonna he's not going to try and be like Arthur Smith. He's going to try and do what's best for the Tennessee Titans this year coming up. They, uh, they sucked on defense. They went out and got all basically a whole new engine for a defense that largely just needed an oil change. They're putting the pressure on Shane Bowen. 
the offense. They've got all the toys that you could possibly want outside of the tight end position, as we talked about. One of the better offensive lines in football and a quarterback who's playing at a level that's, you know, in the same conversation as Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, which sounds yeah. absolutely ridiculous to say about Ryan Tannehill. But the numbers, you know, not just to do the not just to do the analysis by the numbers, but on the fil- on the film and on the field, it's pretty damn good, too. So, yes, uh, Robinson is is coming off an offseason last year where he made a handful of moves. He drafted Isaiah Wilson. Isaiah Wilson played Mm -hmm. four snaps here in Tennessee and then lasted three days on the Dolphins and went up in flames. Jadavion Clowney and Vic Beasley, they lit $21.5 million on fire for a couple of dudes who didn't have a sack between them. So they they are in a position where there is going to be some scrutiny if there aren't substantial improvements this year what I would say is I think anybody who's realistic about the offense knows that to score 30.1 points per game again back-to-back years is going to be difficult no matter who's on your team and the good news if you're on the defensive side of the ball is they can't suck any worse (laughs) bad on third downs last year now you got a whole set of a new set of parts to work with uh I, I agree with everything you're saying, Buck, in terms of the pressure and, and where it's allocated. But I agree a lot with what you said before that about um, how, how the Titans are kind of – I don't want to say going all in like that is such a for, proverbially overused thing uh, in sports talk in general. But I do like that they are not – there isn't this this level of complacency. I think you could look at the state of the AFC South, for example, and say, well, the Jaguars are, are still also on the come up. Uh, the Colts, who knows how that's going to go. Obviously, it is – they're at a bit of a fork of the road in terms of wherever Carson Wentz takes them. And obviously, the Texans are uh, their own particular situation. In that sense, though, on Sunday morning, on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident were you that the Titans were going to win the AFC South? And and what did this? How much did this move that needle for you? I mean, if I, I have to imagine you were at least like a, a, a soft nine out of ten. Um, did did this impact that at all? I mean, be honest with you, I was pretty confident about where they were uh, prior to the Julio Jones trade, and that's not because of anything that they really did, but because of what the rest of the division looks like. I mean, obviously. The Houston Texans have no idea what they're doing at quarterback outside of Terod Taylor, and good luck with that. Um, Jacksonville, first overall pick, Trevor Lawrence is going to be sexy. Urban Meyer is going to be uh, interesting, certainly. But if they improve substantially, it's going to be, you know, like six games in a 17-game season. They're, they're not as – I don't think the Jags are as bad as people think they were last year. But certainly, it's going to be difficult for them to kind of make – improvements that matter other than to muck things up for uh, a team that may may come out of here looking for a wild card. The last time I saw Carson Wentz, he was a broken quarterback. And when I watched Mark, when I watched Carson Wentz in 2020, it reminds me a hell of a lot of Marcus Mariota who finished Mm -hmm. his career here as a broken quarterback. Those are things that are difficult to rectify. Even if, you know, you were on a Super Bowl winning team and were an MVP candidate until you got hurt under a guy who is now your head coach in Frank Reich. So, I mean, yeah, I think the expectation should absolutely be, and if you want to want me to put a number on it, I'm I'm fine to put, you know, I'll go I'll go a soft nine, as you said, RJ, <laughs> for the Titans to uh, repeat in the AFC South, largely because everybody else around them doesn't look that good. Yeah, I think that that's well said. Um, by the way, Buck, as the person who covers the Dallas Cowboys Recipe Nation, it's my job to say that Marcus Mariota, Carson Wentz, the two quarterbacks of the Eagles have coveted the most uh, over the course of the last, you know, half decade or so. So no big deal. Just just pointing out facts for all those who uh, who care. You can hear that's him cool. on 104.5 The Zone. You can see him once again all over the Internet. 
Uh, he dominates your lives. He dominates your ears, your eyes, all that uh, in between, which I guess is your nose and your eyebrows, your temple, forehead, something like that. Uh, Buck Rising, thanks so much for taking the time to join us on Monday Football Monday. Uh, boys, it's always appreciated. And as long as it looks pretty clean between the ears, that's all that matters to me. <laughs> Welcome back. Appreciate Buck taking the time to join us here on Monday, Football Monday. Very educational conversation. Um, come up of the week has been discussed a lot here today, Pete. How's that making you feel? I think the come up of the week is on the rise. We gave it out already earlier in this episode, but I think an honorary come up of the week goes to the come up of the week because this award mm. gets more more popular by the week. It's something that we've given out on almost every Monday, Football Monday episode, even BLG when I was out one day, decided to give up my award and uh, good on him to keep it going. But yeah, it's it's the most consistent thing uh, about Monday Football Monday. And that's, that's true. what I love about it. So uh, Michael Kiss, not here, as we mentioned with Buck, um, obviously the author of the Yeet of the Week. Um, perhaps not the Yeet of the Week, but like the Eek of the mm. Week. Like the Eek, like yikes. Uh, this not going well uh goes to the green bay packers as a whole i i, I suppose i guess that's the the, yeah. the the individual recipient of this no bueno yeah right um we talked about this on the daily but i was very excited to get my man pete sweeney's full fleshed out thoughts on this uh pete i talked about earlier we're blog boys we hit the blogs yeah. we write you know we do we some ain't things. going nowhere yeah well you know what you know who's coming for our gigs is packers president ceo mark murphy i mean he sees what we're doing all these the articles man, are yeah. writing yep. yeah and he wants in on the game and so mark murphy if anybody's unaware does a monthly column uh for packers.com it's called murphy takes five murphy takes five i'm the murphy man yeah we could we could come up with a, a far better name than this but nevertheless uh if you have a question for it the packers advertise you can email uh murphy takes five that's the number five at packers.com uh pete uh the murph man as you have described him mm -hmm. um answered a couple of questions the first question uh was a question from Dwayne, uh, according to packers.com Dwayne mm -hmm. said murphy get that jerk gudekunst to get off his butt and make a play to get Julio mm. Jones on the Packers. Dwayne not having a great Monday, Pete, considering Julio, now member no. of the Tennessee Titans. But no. uh, so Mark Murphy said, thanks for the email, Dwayne. Uh, thanks as well for the 20 previous emails you've sent MT5 in recent months. Um, interestingly, there's not a single question. Some shade from the Murph man. You, uh, the Murph man, not afraid to throw shade as right. he, he gives you your Packers answer. Uh, so this, this was clearly a person who had, I guess, sent a lot of insults or uh, mm. commands or directives at Mark Murphy. And so Mark right. Murphy said this, while I appreciate your persistence and passion, I must tell you that I have tremendous confidence in Brian Gutekunst, no big deal, the general manager of the Green Bay Packers, in his relatively short tenure as our GM, Pete. He has completely turned around the fortunes of our team. He has put together a talented team. Last year, we had the most players voted to the Pro Bowl that has a 28-8 and record over the last two years after consecutive losing seasons in 2017 and 18, and has played in back-to-back -back NFC Championship games. Moreover, if you throw in a moreover, Pete, you mean serious business. He has a great working relationship with head coach Matt LaFleur. He and EVP, Director of Football Operations, Russ Ball, have managed our salary cap smartly and have us well-positioned for the future. So Brian Gutekunst is the subject, seemingly, of Aaron Rodgers' hatred at the moment. Yeah. For the Green Bay Packers. Mark Murphy just penned an awfully kind defense of Gutekunst to Dwayne, um, which would, if this is how he's defending Gutekunst to Dwayne, imagine the text message between, between yeah. him and Aaron Rodgers. 
Well, take this from somebody who has worked at the team.com, formerly of chiefs.com. You got to remember who's paying the Murph man for this article. And I don't think he's going to go too far in the negativity for the Packers. And I look at Gutekunst and you could do anything, right? Like you could do anything to improve your team. You could do anything to better the future by drafting a quarterback, drafting all of these defensive players, and and maybe they pan out. If you lose Aaron Rodgers at the end of his career, coming off an MVP season at the age of 37, if you don't somehow win a Super Bowl with Jordan Love, which, spoiler alert, that is not happening. It doesn't matter what else you have done, in my opinion. And so to lose him and to have him be standing on this pillar saying, look, it's either him or me. I'm not coming back. I believe Rodgers isn't coming back. And so now you're in a situation where, okay, you have, in a sense, dug your grave. I'm not going to say lay in it, but figure out a way to get out of it. And if it is Jordan Love, you're going to have to sell your fan base on that. You're going to have to sell your ownership on that. And you're going to have to get the most possible compensation out of Aaron Rodgers. And we just saw with the Julio Jones, not to compare the two because they are very, very different situations. But, you know, I I, I'd mentioned outside looking in, you would have thought Julio Jones would be worth the first round pick. Once the other teams in the league know that you have to make a move, the compensation is going to be less. And it is just a terrible, terrible situation for Gutekunst. And based upon everything that's come out of the Rodgers camp, he has nobody to blame but himself. And so for all the good that he has done, I think if you are a Packers fan, you have to be livid with the situation that he's put your team in. Yeah, I mean, he seems to show if if you want to call the situation, you know, belief in Brian Gutekunst, like if that's the problem, he has shown zero, not, not only zero remorse about this, but uh, you mentioned digging a grave like he he this this question, this answer to this question really dug, um, you know, in deeper, I guess might be the best way to put this. Um, The next question, Pete, that he, uh, again, like to your point, there was a lot of calculation involved here, right? Like this wasn't just like, you know, this wasn't a live chat or anything like this was, you know, there was a lot of editing involved here, seemingly. Um, So the next question uh, says, is from Ken. So shout out to Ken. Uh, Says, dear Mark, you've done a great job. Um, I won't say this because this is a family show, but don't let the a word I can't believe made it to Packers.com drag you down. <laughs> uh, Washington needs a name. I suggest the generals. So completely, these are the questions he's being asked about the Green Bay Packers. It's a question about your Washington football team, Pete. Yes. Um, and so this, this is a question that has nothing to do with anything uh, related to the current Packers situation. And out of nowhere, out of nowhere, Mark Murphy says, thanks, Ken. The situation we face with Aaron Rodgers has divided our fan base. The Mm. emails and letters that I've received reflect this fact. As I wrote here last month, we remain committed to resolving things with Aaron and want him to be our quarterback in 2021. We are working to resolve the situation and realize that the less both sides say publicly, the better. Bro, you just said this publicly. Right. (laughs) This this to me, I don't want to be like, you know, sports radio guy reading into things. This felt like a really direct shot. Not shot, but like, you know, drawing of a line in the sand. It, it's, the Murph man is fed up, Pete, is the, is the vibe I got from all this. Right. And again, this is Packers.com. It's not SPNation.com. It's not our fine, friends. Fine publication, by the way. SPNation.com. It's not Acme Pack, Packing Company where... 
they can really take a side in an unbiased fashion of saying this is a man who presumably right is paid by the Packers to write this right so yes it's going to be approved by the Packers in my opinion uh, having worked in this fashion before and it's going to be a message that they want and so even presenting and even admitting in a sense this has divided the fan base they're trying the best that they've they've said okay the best we're going to do here is 50 percent of the fan base I think it's less than that. I don't think you, when you talk about divide divide the fan base, that's an equal amount of fans on either side. I got to think that there's seventy five percent to eighty percent, and this is the Pete Sweeney percentage guess. I have no data on this, but I would have to guess seventy five to eighty percent at least of the fan base is unhappy with management for this coming to a head. And I know that it was a different regime, but it just seems like the Packers can never get the end of their franchise quarterbacks correct there there was a mess and and a little bit his fault as well more so i think than rogers but with brett Favre, it was the same type of situation in a sense which it's just there was like a miscommunication and it seems like they can never get the end right and that is a reflection of the regime and by more an extension for better or for worse the ownership that you keep finding yourselves in these situations again you got to say in today's nfl it doesn't always work out. We saw Tom Brady, who we never in a million years would thought would go anywhere else, end up with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And so, okay, things are going to happen, but this is the second time in a row. So you took the first 16 years, you have Brett Favre, 16 years exactly again, all of a sudden Rodgers is outright refusing to play for your club. That's your fault. And uh, again, I, I just, I caution people who read this from our boy, the Murph man, and just think, okay, there are people that really are siding with the regime and and the Gudenkins camp. I don't I don't see how that's possible to be 50-50. I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers is acting fairly or unfairly. I think that at least what we know, right? At least what is public, I think both sides have some, you know, if, some Yeah, but some, RJ, if you are Aaron Rodgers, sorry, sorry to cut you off. If you are Aaron Rodgers, right? And you have done what you've done for this franchise and you have sure. watched 10 years in a row where they're not getting you help. And then the first offensive player in 10 years in the first round is a replacement. And they never mentioned that they were going to go in that direction of getting someone behind him. Like, you got to have a call to Aaron Rodgers and say, look, we might be taking a younger quarterback. This is your team until you're done. We've seen other teams in the league, how they try to take some of these quarterbacks with upside, let them play under a veteran. Heck, we did that with you. We are going in this direction. It seems like that conversation never happened. And at that point, Aaron Rodgers, who was just won an MVP after you did that, has all the leverage in the world because he can just sit out. I mean, he's posting or he's not posting, but his girlfriend or fiance is posting these videos in Hawaii with his man bun and singing. He doesn't have anything to prove. You need this guy more than he needs you. He already won his Super Bowl. So I just think the mismanagement is inexcusable from the Packers side. No, I, I totally agree with everything you're saying. What I was here's here's where I stand. Before I read this, this article, this blog post, um, this this, this series of answers at Packers.com, I had to take that I'm sh- again, this is a, a, a prior point that I was at, that there um has been points I'm sure of pettiness that both mm-hmm. sides have had, right? Like I, I don't think either side is flawless here. I, you know what I mean? Like in terms of the handling of this, I agree with you. Every, every way Aaron Rodgers feels um, is fair. Uh, but, but Rodgers, like if, if you want to play like tick for tack, 
has been rather mysterious and ominous with comments that if you were the Packers would lead you to wonder like what he wants to do in the future, right? Like, so you have to protect your own interests. And they did that, went about it in a really awkward way. Like there's a lot of blame to go around here. My point here is um, like when Roger spoke with Kenny Mayne on his final sports center, that was such a, I mean, I don't mean this with, you know, about Kenny Mayne, but that was such a boring interview in that it didn't give us any juicy Rogers nugget, right? Because he was straight down the line. He, you know, he didn't point any fingers. He just, you know, kind of reiterated the same things he's been saying, like the message was the same. So there was no new like revelation with regards to the way this story is going to go. When, when my takeaway here from this, you know, Mark Murphy blog post again, uh, you know, joining the likes of us is this, there's like, if there has been arrogance in any public move that either side has made over the last few months, it's this. Like, there's a there's a, a huge – this is, like, soaking wet with arrogance to come out and so vehemently defend Brian Gutekunst when it was unnecessary. It's because of – and some of that is, is you know, I guess Aaron's fault that he's put the heat on Gutekunst in the eyes of Packers fans. But then to, like, out of nowhere, you know, say that Aaron Rodgers has divided our fan base. Like, now you're pointing fingers, that which is a different thing than just, you know, saying what you want. You're pointing fingers. You're saying it's his fault. He's the reason for this. Be upset with him. You're deflecting, which is what Mark Murphy did in this article. It's the wrong direction to go in. And I think it's just as a further proof of them continuing to dig in. And you decided to support this GM over one of 32 and it's less than that. We all not know. Even, not even one of thirty. It's like one there, of five. Right. Maybe. There are less. But there, what I'm saying is there's less than 32 franchise quarterbacks that exist in the world, which is why, you know, you have teams that are for years searching for that guy. And if you want to even, as you were saying, put it further, one of five. I mean, I don't I don't know how many people you're putting on the Aaron Rodgers level in this football league. And it just does not make sense when it comes to a numbers game. And I. I don't know. I don't I it's hard for me to believe like Peter King is saying that you can see Aaron Rodgers in a uniform. I know that Peter King today suggested that they delay the trade till next year. I think this is an unsolvable situation at this point. It's Kobayashi Maru. The only solution is try to get the most possible compensation that you have left. Even if it's to an NFC team because and I know I I was on the other side of that with with Julio Jones. I mean, it's only going to be another, you would think, three years of Aaron Rodgers. If you have to swallow it and you're able to get a first rounder or two first rounders or whatever, get it done, swallow it, and pray to God that Jordan Love is who you think he was when you drafted him without calling your 16-year quarterback. Mm. 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 T20 mm. coming hard today on this particular Monday. That coffee must have been strong, wasn't it, P20? I use the bolt setting when I mm. make it, yep. Right on. Well, uh, appreciate Buck Rising taking the time to join us today to talk Julio. Uh, obviously, always fun, never annoying to talk about Aaron Rodgers and the fact that, you know, he's so great and perfect. It, you know, it's not annoying at all. As it okay, yeah. yeah. I, w- w- wait, just wait four months when we're talking about the comeback player of the year each and every week and all of that he right. is doing. 
That's, That's right. right. Yeah. Those are Pete Tweeney's words, not mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Make sure to subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show. Leave a rating, write a review. Remember, our schedule has been a little bit adjusted for the summer months. Uh, you'll still get the daily every single day, but uh, the podcast not coming your way until Wednesday this week. It will be a very happy hump day when that arrives in your podcast feed. Pete Tweeney, any final words? I have nothing to say. I, I have said it all uh, multiple times, and uh, that that's it for me for today. That's a good note to end on. Trey Young owns the New York Oh, Knicks. stop we'll see that. you all next stop week. Stop that. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.